You're listening to the Love Your Neighbor Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Lynx Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Special thanks this week to Michael Gross and Hague Realtors, along with Kingbird Coffee for sponsoring the Lynx Podcast. We cannot do it without sponsorship uh, as we build community one conversation at a time. Really excited today for our conversation with Brian Shipper of the Mighty Corson Art Players. Brian is a director, uh, directed 20 shows at, at Corson, and just an incredible guy, a passion for theater, and also for community, I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. So let's get to it. Brian Shippard, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've I've had the privilege just of having a few conversations with you over the phone. And it's been a treat. And yeah. so I thought, let's let's get it on a recording and then we can, you know, we can uh, save it for, you know, posterity. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, about yourself, Brian. Kind of kind of give us your story, where you grew up, how you made it to how you made it to Brandon slash sure. The area? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm originally from uh, the cities, Minneapolis area, uh, with brief stopovers in uh, Dallas for a couple of years and Washington, D.C. for a couple of years, but that was all elementary school. So it was sort of fun to have like the entire southern and eastern part of the United States in my worldview by the time I hit middle school. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then after that, uh, I was in Minneapolis for... Uh, the rest of that time, all the way through college, uh, I went to a small private Christian, uh, private Christian school uh, up there. Got a BA in theater um, and met my uh, met my ex wife, uh, whose family is from Brandon. And so, nice. uh, after after she graduated, we moved back down here. Um, and so, in the Sioux Falls Brandony area, uh, we did a lot of uh, freelance theater stuff. Um, people save up a thousand dollars and go on vacation. I put up a show that nobody came to see (laughs) (laughs) and did that for uh, a good, a good five or six years, um, which was great. It was very fulfilling. Uh, I didn't have to deal with anything like bad reviews because nobody knew we were even there doing anything. Uh, (laughs) so it was, it was great. It was complete just, um, uh, what's the, what's the word for it? Um, uh, wish fulfillment on my part. <laughs> Which, Check, checked her off the bucket list. Exactly. exactly. Starving artist. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then is that a thing? The starving artist thing? Is that like a really a thing or did you have a day job? Uh, oh no. Had a day job. Okay. Had a day okay. job. You, you kind of have to. Um, and so, uh, uh, so we did that for a while, um, just to keep it in my system. It's, uh, kind of the only thing I'm good at. Don't tell my bosses in my actual day job. Um, but <laughs> I hope they don't listen, but eh, they probably won't. Um, so from there, uh, my uh, my niece, who lives in Brandon, she got involved in the Mighty Course and Art Players Summer Youth Program. And I got a phone call from uh, my mother-in-law at the time saying, hey, she's performing. I've been bringing her every week. I've been telling... Uh, all these people that I'm bumping into at Mighty Course and Art Players about you, come and say hi. And so I went and I did, and I met Cindy Baki, who's one of my board members still now, and that was an amazing conversation that we had. Uh, and that led me to direct my first show out there, and then 
they didn't return my phone calls for a year and a half. And then <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so then I, I did some uh, freelance directing up in Brookings for the Brookings okay. Community Theater. Uh, lovely people, but it's awful to get off work at five and then drive to Brookings four nights a week just to run rehearsal for six weeks. Um, and then, so I, on a whim, one day when I didn't have anything else to do, no theater shows coming up, um, I auditioned and got cast in a show there and then was asked to join the board. And that led to me becoming the president and then eventually also the managing artistic director. So that's that in a nutshell. So how, so how long have you been in that role now? Just kind of bring us up to speed. Uh, oh, sure. Uh, so five years now. Five I've years, been, okay. Yeah, I've been uh, on the board and sort of helping run the ship. No pun intended. Oh, no, that's a good one, though. I'm going to, next time it will be. Run the ship. <laughs> aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> yeah, I, I, hey. But, see, we, I just recently went to the psychic, and I, and I don't, like, for me, um, I, I did some theater in, uh, in high school. I've done a little bit through our church over the last 15 years. And so uh, I have an extremely high view, probably overinflated view of my talent level. And so I'm going out there. I'm like, this is going to be a chance for you know for John to kind of moonlight here in my role as a, as an actor. And um, within the first like five minutes <laughs> of the psychic, I was like, oh, the, these people, they're for real. Like this is no joke. You guys are awesome. Thank I mean, we you. have incredible theater, and I mean, two hours went past in a flash. Yeah. I, I love it. Was just a it was a great show and well, obviously well directed. Um, but great talent and as a, you know, kind of a, just a very, um, not, not, not necessarily a theater person, but I was just thrilled and entertained by it. So, so thank you for definitely. Well, <laughs> thank you for saying so. That's the goal. It'd be awful for you to come by and say, Hey, d decent job, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, I, I mean, it's, it really was. And I, I'm. Of course, you know I, I know I know how much you're paying me for this. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was. I would encourage, like, I mean, anybody that's listening, if you haven't been out there, I mean, incredible, incredible experience, and it was fun too. Like, it's this smaller theater. Yeah, you said there was 95 chairs. I don't mm -hmm. believe that. It uh, actually, 106, but we saved the back peanut gallery for volunteers. So, uh, yeah, so it, we cram a whole lot in there. That building. You know, it's been it's been used for theater for uh, on and off for a hundred years now at this point. So it it's been laid out very carefully, and it's you know it's not a very big space, uh, but it's been very economically used. And there's you know I've been doing this for a long time, and there's nothing like that space. Hmm. You know, right. and and uh, Mighty Course and Art Players has this great forty year almost now history there, and it's I love it. Yeah, give us yeah, give us a little from what you know. Give us a little background on the history of the of the playhouse and and the relationship between the township. We talked a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. How, how it's how it's be become what it is takes a collaboration of the of the community and the mm -hmm. artists. Talk about that a little bit in the history of the. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the building itself, as far as I can tell, we did some historical research and deep dive into it with our 40th anniversary coming up soon. Uh, the building itself was built late 1880s, 1890. 
just that initial portion where the actual stage and seats are was the original what was there. And if you go there, you can still see the outlines of the old window frames that were the exterior windows mm. out. We've got chalkboards in for that now. but um, So it started out originally as a creamery and a farm parts store. Uh, and it ran that way for 20 years. And then the family surrendered it to the, the Brandon Township. Uh, so the Brandon Township uh, still to this day uh, owns the building and it's the, the, the county seat, I guess, for the, for the Brandon Township. So they still have their meetings. So we have to uh, do all of our scheduling around when they have their meetings because they're required by law to have them at certain times. Uh, but then so by, by the 1920s, there was the Corson Dramatic Club already performing shows there. Uh, and then when they fizzled out in the 1930s, there's a group called the Pepperites that took it over from 35 to 40, and they were doing shows there. And then when World War II broke out, it turned into a dance hall and a community kitchen where people would bring in all sorts of food and they'd have these big communal, um, you know, Victory Garden-esque uh, sure. dinners and evening entertainment for everybody to rally morale and whatnot. Sure, sure. Wow. Uh, yeah, and then... Uh, after that, it sort of fell into a little bit of disuse aside from just, you know, the township meetings until Mighty Course and Art Players formed in 1982 and started that tradition all over again of, of bringing theater to the community. And we've been doing it ever since. Yeah. What a cool, I, you know, and I, 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 for me, having lived in Brandon for, you know, just a little over six years not understanding the history at all of that place. And it's a living history. Like you go in there, you can feel that. Yeah. Um, when you share that, I, I can, can feel that. What, what, um, what, tell me about your passion for theater. Obviously you've, it's not been necessarily a straight path or a, an easy <laughs> path, but no. What, t talk to me about what, what motivated you? When did you first start getting involved in, in theater? Sure. For me, uh, my very first theater credit ever, 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 was um, middle school production of The Wiz. Uh, and I was, I wanted to, but didn't. I was a really shy only child. Um, and so I was offered the chance to be a part of this show. And my job, and I'll never forget it, uh, was to be the backstage person who emptied a bag of flour onto the spell book of the witch. So that way she could have a dusty book. That was my job and I was in for it. Uh, and I, it, I made sure I got this little Ziploc bag and it's like, okay, we have four shows. I'm going to make sure that it's the same consistent amount each time. And then I didn't do anything again until my sophomore year of high school, uh, where I chased a couple friends into an audition and I ended up accidentally auditioning for a one act. Um, and that was a time in my life when I was really struggling to find my voice and figure out who I was as a kid. And then it just sort of took off and I didn't look back after that. Uh, the summer before my senior year in high school, I was, I enrolled in a summer camp at Augsburg College where they pulled in theater professionals from Minneapolis one a day for two weeks to, um, you know, host workshops on a specific thing. And so I made connections with all of them 
and uh, was constantly, uh, you know, beating them down afterwards, going, give me an internship, give me an internship. I want responsibilities. Because at this point, uh, I wasn't getting cast in shows like you normally think you would in high school. Um, my best friend, Scott Dietering, was an inch taller and 20 pounds lighter than I was. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I was backstage a lot. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, it just sort of took off from there. Uh, I really liked learning how to build sets and figuring out, oh, how do you use, uh, in college, a rivet gun, PVC pipe, and shingles to make a palm tree, you know, stuff like that for South Pacific. Uh, and so it just, once I started, I never looked back, and I was always going to do that. Uh, whether I could make a living off of it or not, who cared, as long as I got to do this thing that I discovered accidentally that I had a real big passion for, and there wasn't anything that was ever going to stop me from doing it. That's awesome. Yeah. I, and it's even more impressive, I think, for you to, to get to have this love behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, because as a director, um, I, I mean, I understand that's kind of been your main your main role is directing. Mm -hmm. You've directed 20 shows. Is that right? Did uh, I get that right? 20 at, uh, at Corson. At now. Corson. Yeah. Yeah. How many overall have you directed? Um, I think I'm right around I'm in the low 30s. So. So that... So that serving those people who are up front, getting the you know that are you know the leads, if you will, right, playing that second that second chair and very important role of leadership. What what has that taught you? Uh, I mean, just your theater. I mean, there's there's a lot of we have an incredible theater program in Brandon. Yeah, uh, we just uh, you know at the time of this recording, we just finished the run not only for the psychic but also for Mary Poppins. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to see Mary Poppins, and I was just blown away by the talent and the energy that goes into something like that. And what what would you say um, you've learned through theater as a part of your educational life process? It's obviously a big part of your life. Yeah. But what have been some of the life lessons you've taken away? Um, well, for one, it's improved my communication miles and miles and miles because you have to be able to uh, not just – you know, be assertive and quick thinking, but you also need to be able to read the room and figure out how, you know, which conversational tools are going to get what you need out of, out of different people. Uh, it's not about getting people to bend to how you do things. It's the other way around. So, um, gosh, I've learned so much about, you know, communication, problem solving, time management, um, uh, improvisation <laughs> when right. things go wrong. Um, but really I've learned that I'm really, really good at and really, really love helping other people be better in whatever they want to do. And that's, you know, that's, that's the chief pull for me now. Um, you know, uh, I don't have a lot in the way of individual goals left because I've done a lot of it. I've been able... Uh, we were talking before the podcast started about wish fulfillment and how uh, a lot of my early theater career was that. Um, but now my success is is rooted in helping MCAP be a better theater. And you do that by welcoming actors and hopefully helping other actors be better. And then they'll go off and do other things greater and better and um really just hoping to raise the tide of, of theater in the region. Um, 
you know, a rising tide lifts all boats right, is something right. my costumer tells me all the time, and I absolutely believe it. Uh, and that's the biggest lesson, I think. How about this idea? Because we're, we're doing this podcast, and the purpose of the podcast is to build community one conversation at a time. Yeah. And I think, you know, we can all agree that in our world, uh, there's not a lot of civil or constructive discourse. I mean, that's not the rule. Um, when it comes to theater, what role does theater play in building community, not only within the, the actors, but also in the broader sense uh, maybe of the uh, uh, highlighting or focusing on social issues? Talk, talk about community. You said that you want to make sure that the, we keep the community in community theater. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're right because, uh, um, you know, theater holds a mirror up to life and that's uh, that's one of the greatest blessings and, you know, curses all at the same time. Um, so, uh, being able to, being able to have a voice and a point of view just to highlight things that are going on. For example, our fall show next year deals a lot with, um, you know, the current working economy, but in a dark comedic way. So getting that balance between being entertaining but also, you know, trying to set an ethical example, uh, not only in how we approach other people, but also, you know, the point of view and stories that we're telling without being overly preachy. Because um, that's not the point of why people go to see a show either. But uh, it's, it's nice to make people think. It's better to make people feel. And the most important part is making them feel welcome, which is what we really, really strive for. Uh, and if nothing else, theater brings 100 people a night together to have a shared experience. Uh, and that alone, the, the ability to have that and have that amongst people that you're then going to see, you know, out at the grocery store or getting gas, all of that... Um, that shared experience and being able to have that and provide that for the community uh, does far more than the content of any script um, in terms of, of keeping that community together. Uh, and that's where I really believe we've been focusing really successfully on providing that welcoming experience uh, and that that sense of family and togetherness, uh, the you know, like I was telling you before we started, community theater. The first word in it is community, and that's got to be where our goal is. Because without that, without the support of uh, actors, patrons, audience, um, we're kind of just some idiots in a dark room, not doing anything, <laughs> <laughs> talking to each other. That's right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, I man, that's well said. I mean, somebody should be writing this down. I'm not sure who, but somebody should be writing this down. <laughs> um, I, I appreciate your perspective because you're you're right. There's so few, like truly live venues where you can have that shared experience. And I had that experience when I was when I recently was out to see. I ran into two people afterwards that were in the theater. And I didn't even realize they were in the theater. And they're like, hey, we saw you at the play. And I was like, you did? <laughs> sure. Because uh, I was my, – my wife, I had, I, I had planned this date okay. with my wife. And we were going to go together. She decided that she didn't want to go out with me. Oh. So it's heartbreaking. So I, I kind of went solo and I was a little sure. concerned. In case know. she's watching, I'm just going to scowl at the camera for just a second. It's okay. We bought a ticket. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, well, uh, scowl rescinded. Yeah. <laughs> I did get to sit in two chairs, so that was a, that was a right. bonus. But uh, but no, she and so I so just being there, I was you know, I felt kind of alone. You know, I experienced that feeling of, of not knowing. I didn't know anybody else was going to be there. Sure. And so I had some anxiety, and then to come and to see people that I knew, and to have people go, "Hey, how you doing?" and welcome me. That that experience for me was 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 really powerful, and uh, I walked out of there just going, "Wow, that was that was worth it." You know, it was worth the, the not just the ticket price of admission, but um, just being, you know, afterwards. And it's weird. Like I'm, I'm a grown person. Sure. And afterwards, I was standing up there, like kind of fanboying with the, with the like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And I remember I gave the uh, detective. What was his name? Coslo, um, Mike Richards. Mike Richards. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hey man, give me the best spot. So like, <laughs> and he was very gracious. Yeah, He's yeah. like. Who is this weirdo? Like, oh no, he wasn't thinking that. He wasn't thinking no, that. No, no, he loves that stuff. So, oh, cool. yeah, yeah. Well, next time I'm gonna make sure that I can like get autographs and stuff. Sure, I, sure. I was, I, you guys brought me in. I was wrapped up. So, um, and now to get to, we get to talk. Yeah, yeah. This well, is great. That's that's awesome. I love hearing that stuff. It's, you know, uh, there's such a responsibility with with a nonprofit organization like ours with the history that we have, um, you know, to really make those connections and really, uh, reinforce that interconnectedness. Um, and, uh, you know, I, we drill our volunteers from the start, you know, when you, you know, it starts right when you walk in the door, uh, everybody gets greeted, everybody gets talked to, everybody gets that direct, um, person to person contact. And that's, it's so important in, in building those positive relationships. Well, cool. Well, Brian, I'll tell you what, man, how, how can someone in the Brandon community or the Sioux Falls area, I mean, how can we, um, I know you got a fall season coming up mm-hmm. and uh, when this airs, there'll be, that'll be up and coming. How can we get involved besides, you know, we can buy tickets. Yep. Yep. How else can we get involved? Sure. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, Mighty Course and AP, I think is where we are there. That keeps us up or keeps you up to date in everything that we do. Okay. Um, uh, you can uh, just shoot me an email, brian at mightycorson.com, uh, just to say hello. Or uh, something we're really excited about, on July 16th, it's a Saturday, uh, we're turning 40 and we're having a big birthday party. So just come on nice. out that afternoon to evening, um, hang out. We're doing a whole bunch of really cool stuff, getting the community together nice. for that. Uh, and that'll be a really, really good uh, entry point just to come out, eat some free food, listen to some live music, and say hello. Cool. What, what, do, you, what do you bring for a birthday present for a 40-year-old playhouse? Uh, good question. I have not thought of that. Uh, just a smiling face and a... a uh, $3 for a beer. <laughs> there you go. All right. You can do it. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, Brian, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on the Love Your Neighbor podcast. The purpose of the Love Your Neighbor podcast is to build community one conversation at a time. You can help us build that community by sharing the podcast on your social media channels and rating our podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. Another way is to let us know of any neighbors who have a story. Go Leaks!